Penn State Conversations is a podcast hosted by the Alumni Society Board's Young Alumni Council of the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications. This monthly podcast will discuss key aspects of life in the professional world for young and upcoming communications alumni. Please enjoy this month's Penn State Conversation. Hello and welcome to this month's episode of Penn State Conversations, a podcast hosted by the Young Alumni Council of the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications Alumni Society Board. My name is Kevin Flintosh. I'm a 2006 grad with a degree in journalism. I've worked in non-profit public relations with the Make-A-Wish Foundation, and I've spent the last decade in consulting where I'm currently a manager with Accenture. Uh, we have a pretty fun topic today, uh, and as one of the first grads from the Curley Center of sports journalism. Uh, I'm pretty excited to talk, uh, to be able to talk to Sweeney Murdy. So Sweeney, how are you? I'm good, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Thanks for being here. Uh, it's great to talk with to Sweeney. Uh, for those of you in the New York, New Jersey, Connecticut area, uh, and really across the country, uh, you may hear Sweeney regularly on WFAN, uh, Sports Radio New York, Sportsnet New York, the MLB Network, uh, and also the New York Yankees Radio Network. Uh, so it's a lot of experience across various uh, various media outlets, primarily focused on baseball and uh, and some other sports opportunities. Sweeney, can you tell us a little bit more about what your job entails these days? Yeah, basically it's following the New York Yankees and reporting on what they do. Uh, my job as beat reporter for WFAN uh, is is basically where the, everything else kind of flows from. Uh, I am I am at spring training, all the regular season games, playoff games. And just as a reporter for a newspaper would write stories about the Yankees, uh, I cover them for for the radio and talk on the radio, write on our website, things like that, uh, about various things that that happened with the team along with that. Um, Because I'm around the Yankees and other outlets are interested too, I do spend some time on SNY, Sportsnet New York, and also the MLB Network discussing the Yankees. So everything basically revolves around uh, going to baseball games and telling people what happened, which is kind of a, <laughs> kind of a nice, uh, a nice job description, I guess. I had dreams of graduating college and going straight to becoming a, a sports center anchor or something like that when I was younger, but obviously things don't always quite work out that way for everybody. Um, considering that we're trying to target young upcoming alumni via this podcast, I'm hoping you can tell us a little bit about your early career and kind of how you got to where you are today. Yeah, you know, the path isn't easy for for everybody. Um, It's not all a straight line. It's not all the same. I I, I talk to a lot of people, uh, a lot of young grads, and I say, you know, if you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, the path is fairly straightforward. You go to medical school, you go to law school, and then you follow those steps. Well, you ask 100 people in this field how they got to where they were, you're going to hear 100 different stories. Uh, There really just is no... Uh, straight line to get there and uh, sometimes uh, it's an accelerated process sometimes it's a slower process there's there's not one right answer Uh, I had the good fortune uh, growing up in Middletown Pennsylvania going to a high school that had an FM radio station and that was uh, unique in the area and I think one of only two or three in the state of Pennsylvania at the time um, this was in the, uh, in the 1980s. And when I graduated high school, I went to Penn State to major in communications and, and further advance my, my desire to get into radio as a profession. 
I worked at a local radio station in State College, WRSC, uh, which also had WQWK, Quick Rock FM, attached to it. So I did a lot of stuff. I did news, sports, uh, played music, uh, all kinds of stuff. I helped paint the walls one year, and uh, all kinds of fun stuff there. So um, while I was doing that and taking classes for communications, I got an internship at WFAN after my junior year. And that's really what has opened every other door for me since then. Uh, I got hired back by WFAN a little less than a year after I graduated. And uh, that was almost 25 years ago. That was, that was 25 years ago is what it was. And uh, I, uh, I have had every opportunity uh, for me open up since then. I started at the bottom rung as a producer. And uh, in 2001, I began covering the New York Yankees, and uh, that is really where everything else has taken me since. That's, that's awesome to hear. And as you mentioned, being at Penn State and you know having seen the university evolve over the last 25-plus years and things like that, how would you say your Penn State experience has prepared you for your career now, whether it's in the classroom or student organizations or, or things along those lines? Well, I, I got a lot of experience outside the classroom, so... You know, that kind of helped because at the time the communications uh, program was was relatively new. And, I mean, right now you've got an entire, you know, Center for Sports Journalism there, which was not even thought of at the time. Uh, so I think there are a lot more advantages inside the classroom now than I had even, even though then I, I mean, I... Uh, value my educational experiences there a great deal. Um, I, I think it was something that you had to search out more outside of the classroom, and a lot of that now is is uh, provided for you in the classroom and dealt with uh, uh, along those lines. So um, I value everything about being a Penn Stater. I mean, it's it's home to me. Um, I. I'm one of about a dozen family members, uh, you know, extended family members that have a Penn State degree. Um, some of my closest lifelong friends uh, I met there at school, uh, still keep in touch with to this day. And, uh, you know, that's the experience I think a lot of people, whether you're in communications or not, share when you go to Penn State. Uh, it's kind of what makes it special for us. But uh, I've, uh, you know... There, there isn't a lot I would change. I think I am a little uh, jealous of the kids that are there now that have some of the opportunities that have that have risen in the last couple of decades, uh, namely the Center for Sports Journalism and Com Radio and all the things that that go into that. Uh, it's um, it's a wonderful program that they've built, and you know they it, it's really just come a long way since since I've been there. You, I'm, I'm maybe putting a word in your mouth here, but you mentioned kind of the, the hustling that you needed to do when, when you were in school. So not every opportunity was necessarily, uh, you know, provided to you on a silver platter. It was things you had to go and, and seek out and find those opportunities to help develop yourself and develop your skills and your experience and things like that. What kind of tips would you provide to students today who are trying to break into the industry in terms of hustling and, and finding those opportunities that, you know, maybe are, uh, are hidden gems, so to speak. 
Yeah, I, I th right now there are a lot of different outlets, I guess. There are so many different it, – it's not the traditional – it's not traditional media. It's not just limited to a couple of radio stations or TV stations, things like that. But, you know, uh, stuff online opens itself up to so many more opportunities to provide content. And what you're trying to do is produce content and get better at it. Uh, that's what I had the ability to do when I worked on the radio uh, – you know, in, in college and, and other people worked at WPSU had the same opportunities to, to just produce content and constantly figure out how to get better uh, by doing that. Uh, as that, you know, and, and fortunately we were in an arena um, that, that was, that was huge because Penn state, because of the athletic programs, namely the football program had one well, and basketball too, because uh, I covered basketball for uh, for some other outlets, you know, we had sports programs that people around the country at their various outlets desired um, content from, and you know they're not sending their own people hundreds of miles or thousands of miles to get it. They are looking for people who are already there to help provide it. And whether it was local radio networks or national radio networks, when the story was big enough. Uh, that's what, those are the kind of things that I was looking for in developing contacts to, to you know, to uh, to work at when I was there. Now you've got, I'm sure, any number of different places online uh, and different outlets that are, are are doing the same thing. They're looking for for content from the area for people who are there and know uh, who are already there and uh, and can help provide things. So uh, that part of it hasn't changed dramatically in theory it's just you know the i i would guess the uh you know the outlets that you're looking to that has has really changed it's almost like the the evolution of freelancing so to speak yeah it's you know it's a lot of freelancing because you know when i when i first graduated i i wanted to get a full-time job and you know it, it's just not there uh, most of the time it's not there in in communications. I, I tell people now, I say, listen, you're going to be graduating and your friends who are accounting majors are being you know, recruited by firms or, uh, and, or any other major. You have people who are, who are, uh, who are coming to job fairs and being offered full-time jobs upon graduation at you know, such and such a salary. And you're going to feel a little, little left out because that's generally not how it works in our field. If you're looking for whether it's production or on-air stuff, a lot of it's part-time, uh, and I, I guess that's where the freelance part comes into it. Um, I worked uh, three different radio jobs part-time, you know, full-time part-time when I graduated uh, in the Harrisburg area. Uh, I moved back home, and uh, I, I, when I say full-time part-time, I was working a lot of hours. Uh, it was not a full-time position. It was it, you, know, you just put in the hours that you needed to get the job done, and it was it was a part-time hourly wage is what it was. But it was they were positions that gained value where I gained valuable experience, and you had to you know it was a job. You showed up every day, and, and that's that's what I did because it, it I believed it was leading me on the path to where I wanted to go. Um, you know, fortunately for me, about eight or nine months after I started this process, um, I got a call back from from WFAN where I had interned, you know, a year and a half prior, 
and they had an opening for me as an overnight producer. And you know, it was it was the impression that I made on them just showing work ethic, I believe, that led that kept me in their minds when it came time to fill a position like that. Um, it's you know, a lot of times we get caught up in what we're doing. Is it good enough? Is it this? Is it that? And a lot of times it's just how you're working, you know, how you're perceived to be working, I believe. Um, and, you know, that's a, that can be as big a factor as anything else. Um, if, you know, it, it took a while for me to get back on the air. I, I took a behind-the-scenes job to get my foot in the door at WFAN. So sometimes you have to you know, stray from the path a little bit in order to get where, you know, where you think you want to go, or at least get something in, in the vicinity of where you want to go. And I was fortunate enough to get a chance to get back on the air a few years later and work my way back up on that route to where, you know, I'm now uh, doing what I'm doing. But I, I wasn't entirely positive that was happening. I left an, I left on-air part-time jobs uh, in Harrisburg to go work behind the scenes in New York, hoping that it was the right move. Uh, I've done okay with it, so I feel very comfortable with it, <laughs> the decision that I made, but it could have gone off the rails any number of different points, I, I suppose. Uh, I'm, you know, I, I'm thankful for the opportunities that have come my way and, and been fortunate to, to have. I think I think that's a great message, especially for you know our, our young and upcoming alums who are, are are listening to this conversation today. You know, it's it's a big part of your success is going to be based on your work ethic, the impression you're able to make on someone, and really just showing that you're a, a hard worker who's willing to, you know, m- maybe make a left turn if the uh, yeah. if the situation calls for it. So I think that's a, yeah. an, a very important message for people to hear. One of the pieces of advice that I give to people about, you know, this is a, this is a field where you probably start out several rungs below where you, you know, where you want to go, or maybe, maybe you think you uh, belong. And as I said, there's not a, uh, an easy time frame to follow as there might be in other professions. It, some people are fast tracked for many reasons. One of which is, Maybe they're just really talented, um, or, or there there are other reasons where they get on a faster track than maybe you would, and it, I can see clearly why that would maybe cause some frustration, friction, jealousy, or whatever. But uh, I, I've seen people who think about a particular job that they want and are frustrated that they're not already there. And maybe because they're a couple of rungs below where they want to be, aren't necessarily, uh, you know, concentrating on that so much as so much as why am I not doing X or Y or Z? And the thing I like to say kind of bluntly uh, to put it in, in students' heads is, you know, I, I always say do the job you're given and do it well and people will notice. Um, that's, that's always been my philosophy on moving up. Now, maybe, maybe it doesn't work for everybody because it, it could be a slower track and maybe that's frustrating people. But the way I look at it, if I'm an employer and 
you are disenchanted with the job I have given you, or to be frank, you suck at it. Why should I give you a better job than the one you don't clearly don't want or aren't putting enough effort into? So that's why I say do the job you're given, do it well, and you know as, as long as as long as you're working with the right people, people will notice. Yeah, I think it's a it's a very important takeaway, and I do hope that. Uh... The folks listening are taking it to heart. It's all about the uh, relationships you're building, and it's about the the effort that you're putting forth and, and how that's how that's noticed. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about kind of your experiences working in such a large market like New York City compared to folks who maybe are starting out somewhere smaller than than New York or smaller than WFAN. You know, what are some of the key differences that folks should keep in mind uh, when when comparing work in a such a large spot like New York compared to somewhere a little bit smaller, like a like a Harrisburg, like a Gettysburg, you know, things along those lines. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned Gettysburg. I, I uh, did news at WGET, WGETY. That was one of my jobs out of college. Um, for I only did it for about a month or two. I, it was, to talk about one of the differences, it was about a 45-minute drive for me. And it, with the other jobs I was doing, it just it didn't it just was taking up a lot of time, and I didn't want to go that far. Um, so it, now you know you live around New York, 45 minutes is nothing, so it's not hard to drive to make at all. Um, I, I it's it's you know it's hard to explain, um, but I think the philosophies are really pretty similar when you're just talking about your your. You're, you're focusing on an assignment and just doing the best assignment you can. And, and there's maybe there's less competition as far as the number of outlets when you get to a smaller market. But I think the idea is kind of the same and that, you know, you still need to get to the newsmakers and you still want to produce the best product possible to, to give, you know, the viewer, the listener, the reader, whatever, the, the biggest, um, you know, the, the, the you know, just the most knowledge they can or the most entertainment, uh, whatever your goal is, out of that particular piece that you're doing. So um, I, it, it's, it's, you know, it's hard for me to explain because, you know, it's been a while since I worked in the smaller market, and I don't mean to sound that, you know, that to sound any particular way. It's, you know, it's just I, I'm not really, uh, you know, sure how, how different it is anymore. I, I just kind of feel like doing the job should be the same. You're, you're approaching it with the same type of energy. It's just, you're covering different things. You know, like I, there isn't major league baseball in Harrisburg. There is minor league baseball in Harrisburg. Uh, you can, you can still do the same things, but it's, it's a little bit smaller scale because of the, the, the uh, uh, teams or the market or whatever. But, um, I just think the guiding principles of what you're trying to do is, is to get information and tell a good story are, are, should almost be the same. And maybe you get better access when you're in a, in a smaller market and get the ability to tell a better story is probably uh, a way to look at it because you are a little bit more recognizable and there's less demand of the, uh, uh, on those that you're covering. Uh, so maybe you get a little bit more into the, the personal side of things and get it, just get better details and a better story than you would when you're competing with any number of different people and, you know, only get, um, you know, just kind of a broad cross section of stuff. I, I hope that makes some sense. No, it does. It does. 
you know, one one other aspect of sports that I think is very interesting. Right? I don't think there's too many people at home who are sitting there, you know, wearing their Time Warner cable T-shirt and cheering for them to take over Comcast or, hmm. or things along those lines. Whereas sports are very much have a, a I'll call it a fan driven culture. You know, mm-hmm. How do you balance, I'll say, being a fan with with being a journalist? Um, it well, part of it. It's funny because I I I've worked in New York for a long time, but I did not grow up here. And occasionally I run into people. You know, I cover the Yankees. The Yankees have a passionate fan base, and you know, they're it's it's hard for them to separate the line. You know. Um, this might not be a perfect example, given you know, given what's going on in the country. But um, you know, I always say like the person who covers the White House for CNN doesn't work for the White House. You know, they work for CNN, and that line sometimes gets blurred when you're talking about sports because there is such a fandom and rooting interest um, in that. You know, people want to say I work for the Yankees, or or some, or are surprised to learn that I don't root for the Yankees. Uh, it's I root for interesting stories and, and most of the time for, for fast games. So you can do your job and, <laughs> and, and, you know, go back home. Um, but I, having covered just one team for 18 years now, I do feel a certain attachment to the Yankees uh, that isn't the same as being a fan and rooting for them. Uh, I sit in the press box and watch the game unfold, and I watch very carefully and take notes. I don't sit in the stands and drink beer and, and high-five the people next to me. Um, that's you know, that's for the people in the stands, and that's great. That's not what I do. Um, I love watching the game that I cover. I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to cover baseball, which has always been my favorite sport. So I get a sense of saying wow when I see great things happen on the field even if I'm not cheering for the result from one side or the other there are uh, you know uh, I've run into plenty of Yankee fans all the time who who don't understand why uh, I'm not a Yankee fan or how I can have a job because I'm not a Yankee fan it's that's not the job Uh, I'm I'm trying to do the best job I can tell the best stories that I can best information that I can analysis all of that stuff based on what I'm seeing and who I'm talking to and what I'm reporting. And, you know, that to me is a lot of fun. Um, I still really enjoy the games. I, 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 now I'm at a different crossroads now where I, I think everybody likes being around winning teams more because, you know, frankly, the people are more fun to talk to when teams are winning and, you know, there's, some there's exciting stories and there's demand for your stories uh when uh when there's a winning team so yeah in a sense i'm rooting for the team to be a winning team but whether they win that night is not something i am cheering for or cheering against i hope that makes sense no it does i think it's it's the balance between like you said a a successful team is going to have a, a, I'll just phrase it as a more positive or a, mm-hmm. in a, in a corny way, a, a happier culture. Yeah, it's yeah, just right. a more fun place to be around. And yeah. there's more interesting stories and more attention and, and more opportunities Correct. for work that you're doing to maybe get picked up on a, on a broader level. That's, that's exactly what you're looking for. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, whether, you know, I, I know that uh, my work will be more in, in more demand or I'll be, you know, uh, exposed to a greater audience if the team is successful, because that's where the, the 
you know, the stories are going to be coming from that people will want to see more. Uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of towing the line personally now because I have I have young children who are you know they're not old enough to really get into sports yet, but they're they're kind of getting the idea. They know where I work, they know what I do, and we live in you know uh, I, I live a little outside of New York where you know everybody's a Yankee fan, so uh, their friends are fans of the Yankees, the Mets, or whoever. So you know. They know that in my house they're watching the Yankees because that's where Daddy goes to work. So <laughs> they're going to be Yankee fans, and I'd like to teach them how to be Yankee fans. So I have to cross the line a little bit and and you know put on some pom poms around the house every once in a while so that I can have so that my kids can experience sports the way I did, which was by having a passionate rooting interest for the for the teams that you want to root for. And you know just because I don't do that anymore uh, because of what I do. Uh, I don't want to leave it all behind because I don't want to teach my kids to be um, impartial sports viewers. I want to teach them to like sports and be fans. So, you know, we're, uh, you know, the the fact that they they root for the Yankees because that's where I'm going to work. That's I'm fine by that. And if I have to help them along a little bit, I can do that. In, in terms of you know, you mentioned your kids and and. Uh, they're not necessarily at the age where they're looking to, to break into the, the journalism and, and sports mm-hmm. industry right now. But for those college students or those recent grads that are listening, what tips would you have or what tips do you normally share with them for those who are looking to break into the business? Uh, it's more about persistence and about you know consuming media differently. Um, I always, you know, when... when I was a producer at FAN, and we'd be training people to run the board, which is basically, you know, running the commercials and pushing all the buttons during during the shows uh, or the games that were being broadcast. They'd come in, and, and we'd teach them uh, a lot of the basics, and then I'd say, okay, now listen, I know you listen to the radio station, but when you go home, I want you to listen differently. I want you to listen to the commercial breaks. I want you to listen how we get into commercials. I want you to listen how we come out of commercials. You usually listen to the show uh, because you're just listening as a fan. But if you know, you're going to work here and your job is about the transitions, I want you to listen to the transitions and, and, and listen to it differently. So you've got to consume media differently. And I think that's how um, – you know, you get more out of what is actually being produced and how it's being produced. If you, you know, if you're just paying attention to a lot of things other than just the plot of the show uh, or the arguments being made on sports radio, you know, trade for this guy, this guy stinks, this team's going to win. You know, listen to how it's being prepared, how the arguments are being made, how the how the how the content is is just. Uh, you know, conceived, I guess, is probably the best way to put it. Um, and, and think about what's involved in the writing. The writing is key to everything. I mean, I, to this day, I notice in my own work that even if part of it is, is scripted, it's, it's, it just sounds better. Uh, it comes across better. And there are certain different avenues of what you're doing where, where you're, you are encouraged to script, where you're allowed to script, others maybe not so much, but you still need an idea. And I, I go back to, I, I love uh, recently watching on Netflix, I watch uh, Jerry Seinfeld's Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee, 
and I listen to these comedians all talk about their process. And what you realize, you know, if if you don't already, you just you realize that these guys all sound like they're just coming up with this brilliant stuff off the top of their head. But that's the act. The act is making it sound as if it's coming off the top of their head. It's all very well crafted and written and rehearsed and and just uh, punctuated and dissected until it sounds so perfect that it might just be something that came off the top of your head. Uh, but that's not what happens. And I think if you consume the media differently and just really get a grasp on what you're watching and listening to and reading, you'll understand how it's put together. And knowing how it's put together is going to help you put yours together better. Uh, and just you know, just practicing writing all the time and whatever you do, I think is always. I I go. I've been to uh, you know like uh, middle school career days, and I tell them, listen, when you're when you're writing, okay, just, just practice writing and do me a favor, spell everything out, okay. Listen, I text and tweet more than all of you kids put together, but well, maybe not more, but I do it a lot. I. I still write everything out. I don't abbreviate everything like you guys do, okay? Trust me, it makes sense. Your message gets delivered um, with a little more seriousness to it if it doesn't have all the, you know, abbreviations and emojis attached to it. So um, I, I, I that was a lot in there, but I guess the idea is basically just, you know, when you're watching or listening or reading things, think about how they're put together and don't just listen to the words it's almost like to, to use a baseball or a, or a football analogy it's like a pitcher watching a baseball game and they're focusing on the pitcher's wind up and the release point and things like that maybe more so than the batter's swing or, or an offensive lineman watching a blocking scheme more so than where the quarterback's rolling out or things like that yeah or you know like um you know when you when you say uh, watching basketball you know don't watch the guy with the ball watch everybody else you know that kind of thing it's um uh, you know, it it just feels like there's a lot that goes into it, and you can learn a lot by just trying to figure out how it's put together. Well, Sweeney, listen, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us today. Uh, for your sake, uh, wish a, uh, a positive season for the Yankees. I, I don't know <laughs> that my Pirates are going to give us much to root for this year, but uh, <laughs> hopefully you have some fun up in New York, and I uh, hope you're able to reach some folks today and, and help them get their careers moving in the right direction. I hope I made some sense uh, to you and to everybody else listening. I tend to to uh, run some ideas together, but I hope that uh, hope uh, you got something out of that. And uh, I'm glad to help. Always, uh, always love catching up with Penn State folks, and uh, it's uh, it's always fun to think of home for sure. All right, everybody. Until next time, this has been another Penn State conversation. Thanks for listening. Penn State Conversations are presented by the Young Alumni Council of the Donald P. Belisario College of Communications Alumni Society Board. The Alumni Society Board aims to help elevate the stature of the college through dialogue with faculty, students, the dean, and associate deans. And the Young Alumni Council aims to foster a strong connection between young alumni and the college to inspire lifelong support and involvement. For more information or to learn how you can get involved, please visit Belisario.psu.edu slash alumni.